Welcome back to Officially Unofficial. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta, and we're here with another big-time guest. He is roommate of last week's guest, Brennan Davis. He is the number seventh-ranked prospect in the Chicago Cubs system. Is that good? I don't know. You tell me. It is Cole Franklin. What is up, Cole? What's up? How are you? Good, man. Good. So what have you been doing? Let's let's crack right into it here. Everyone's wondering what uh, big boy Cole Franklin's doing in quarantine right now. Uh, A lot of nothing, really. Just playing catch, uh, doing what I can workout-wise, and a lot of video games. That's, That's mainly it. So we're pretty much doing the same thing. So I could technically say that I, I'm pretty much like a professional baseball player. And I saw on Twitter, you've been t- at least once or twice a week, like in the past couple weeks, you've just been tweeting, I'm bored. Like, and honestly, I pe- people just feel that. You've just been racking up the likes and retweets on it. Not a big deal. Know, it's actually surprising. They do really good, actually. <laughs> Dude, it's insane. I'm actually pretty impressed with it. So let's go into, let's go into what you've been doing in quarantine. How do you kind of stay in shape? As a pitcher, that's like a highly touted prospect that's so young that still has a lot to prove. What do you do? Uh, just a lot of long toss. So the Cubs send us like a like a full list of like long toss days and like what we do on certain days. And they also send us like a, a workout list. Um, and so every day I have like a certain catch routine and then I have to go straight into a lift that's already like planned out. So so what, what's the lift's been like? Are you benching, squatting? What's going on here? Big boy uh, weight? So it's, it's it's a lot of mainly like body weight stuff. So it's a lot of like squat jumps, hold five seconds at the bottom, like uh, push ups, hold ten, like five seconds at the bottom. Uh, a lot of split squats, just like a lot of like a lot of stuff with a uh, holds in it. So like it's harder. So it kind of feels like you're getting something out of it. And let's talk about your high school career, obviously, because you, like I said, you got uh, you got dropped out of high school by the Cubs, highly touted prospect. You, what school were you committed to? Tell the people. The people want to know. University of Oklahoma. So you're you're from Oklahoma. So you wanted to stay in the state, right? Yes. Yeah. What is that? What, what went into that decision, and what other schools were looking at you? Uh, so I had Texas Tech, uh, Oklahoma State, um, UCF, USF. Uh, oh, are you trying to think of all of them? Um, Wichita State. Uh, I think those are like the main ones. Uh, but really, I just wanted, I wanted to go and commit somewhere that I felt like was home to me. And I, I knew the coaches pretty well, OU, from like areas, like from the area code games. And so I, I kind of, I kind of grew up knowing them, and one of them was a used to be a scout for the White Sox, and so like going up there and like just hanging around those guys, that felt like I should be there. Okay, no, I I definitely respect that, and the thing that I always wonder here when you're a high school like pretty much we'll call you a prodigy, you're yeah. kissing babies' foreheads, <laughs> all doing all that kind of stuff. You're a legend at your high school, probably. Like, do D two schools even give you like like even just try to recruit you when you're that good at baseball in high school because i feel like d2 schools like would just send you a thing and they'll be like this guy's not fucking coming here is that how it usually goes uh uh, that was kind of how it was like i got a lot of d2s in like junior colleges like my junior year and then like my junior summer is when i started getting a lot of d1s and then i really kind of stopped getting d2s in junior colleges Okay, so you're pretty much just threw JUCO down the well here, whatever. I'm for, I'm a former face junior college, so it's fine. What did a little bit of you kind of consider JUCO, just based off the fact that you don't have to do any academic work, pretty much? Yeah, well, so my plan was I didn't get drafted for the right amount this year. I was going to go to uh, Connors Community College in uh, uh, in 
Some little place in Oklahoma. Connor State, yeah. They're Connor State, yeah. I was going to go there for a year. So okay, I, so. I, I wasn't even going to go to OU if, if, uh, if like, I didn't get – if I got close to my number, I, I was just going to go one year. But if I didn't, I was just going to go to OU. Okay, so, yeah, so pretty much, like, JUCO was the main destination for you. So there it is. If people are looking to go JUCO route – we're going to call the Juco rug here. This is the guy that could just back it up. What went into your decision to kind of go to Connor State? You just Because for people that don't know, you, if you go to NCAA D1, I believe, you have to go there for three years, then you get drafted, right? Yes. And then yeah. if, if you go Juco, it's one year, not a big deal. So Juco route's the way to go, and you don't do any academic work. Is that what kind of went into it? You just wanted to go one year out of Juco and see uh, and just carve little kids up like me in the junior college route? <laughs> well, the biggest thing into it was like I felt like I was – right on the border to be where I could like like really make a jump in the draft. And so I was like, well I can just go to a JUCO a year instead of going three years out of D one. And I okay. feel like I feel like because I felt like I was right there to where I just needed maybe one year instead of three. Okay. And uh yeah and we Brennan talked about let's talk about the draft. Brennan said that you had a little bit of a funny purchase something. So I asked Brennan, I said, what was the dumbest thing that you ever bought when you got drafted? And then he's like, honestly, man, I don't think I did anything that was pretty dumb, which was might have been a lie. Maybe when we get a little bit closer, he'll tell us something dumb that he bought. He said you bought something that was borderline, like, what are you doing, dude? He's like, a bag or something. Oh, oh, yeah. So uh, I bought a, a Gucci track jacket and Gucci track pants. <laughs> How much did that cost? Uh, the jacket was like. 1800 and the shorts are like 750 that's the biggest flex of all time i feel like i'm not even mad like if i was your parent i wouldn't even be mad about that purchase because it's just the biggest flex ever <laughs> you wear it all the time is, is that something you no. always wear oh no i don't i honestly couldn't remember the time last time i wore it i, 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 feel, like, I feel like a douchebag i feel like a douchebag if i try to wear it so and honestly man i feel like if you wore that to the field like people would be like this guy is an asshole like this guy is just yeah. like this guy's oh, big because yeah. it, it just gives out those you, like the vibes you don't want. <laughs> what like, went into your head when you purchased it? Were you like, like this is sick? Like I saw, I saw, like I saw a little baby wearing this, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy one for myself here. Is that what went into it? That's almost exactly what into it. What went into it? So I was like, I'm a big like, like rap and hip hop like listener. So I'm like, I saw, I don't know who it was. I think it was, I think it was Gunna or something. And I saw him wearing it like before the draft, and I was like, if I get drafted, I'm buying one of those. And then. And so it, it all worked out. <laughs> like, what's, <laughs> what's the process in buying that? Like, obviously they sell at the Gucci store, but I, no offense to Oklahoma, but I feel like there is no Gucci stores in Oklahoma. Am I right on that? Like, is there yeah. Gucci stores there? Yeah, you're, you're going to like this story too. So <clears throat> me, Cole Roder, and Chris Allen, this is when we're in the AZL, like right after we got drafted. And we had, I think we had our Sunday off. And so we're like, bro, Let's book a flight to California, and then we can fly super early and then fly back home the next day super early and still make it to the field. So we literally <laughs> booked a flight from Arizona to California just to go shopping for one day and then fly back. That is also, like, I, I feel like you might as well just splurge and got a private jet also. Just screw it. Just get it all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was... Looking back, I'm so stupid. <laughs> so stupid. It's incredible, man. And like, that's the that's the crazy thing about like just baseball and athletics is like, 
you put so much money in like 18 year olds bank accounts like yeah. besides obviously football they're more mature and they're more grown and same with basketball but baseball is like the only sport where you have like 16 year old dominicans signing for like three million dollars like yeah. like it's literally there's there's just like no like grace period to grow up and be an adult what, uh-huh. what what went through your head when you signed like you signed for a pretty big chunk of change going pretty high in the draft what went into your head when you look in your bank account and you're like, man, I've never seen this much money in my life. And now I'm 18 years old, 19 years old, and I have this in my bank account. Uh, I don't know. You feel like a, a sense of freedom and a sense of this money is never going to run out. Run out. <laughs> so, Because <laughs> at the time, you, you don't feel like it's, it runs out. And so, like, you'll make stupid purchases and then, like... Now, now I look at it. I don't. I don't spend like anything anymore. And I'm, I look at it. And I was like, those are the dumbest things I ever did. <laughs> like, like you sit there and you act like you can live on this money. I mean, you you could, but you act like like it's gonna keep growing. Like playing minor league baseball, you don't get paid anything. So I was like, it just sits there. And then you, know, I get like, you give a lot to your uh, like your investor. Um. So. <laughs> yeah. But it's and- it, like it's it's a sense of freedom. It's the really main thing. It really is. And honestly, I, like I've said this multiple times on the podcast, and I am just – let's just thank the good Lord that I didn't get drafted first round because whatever amount of money it would have been, I would have been I would have been lost. I would have lost it all. Like I, I would have just been – I would be going to the casino like I'm Alan from The Hangover and just, <laughs> just spending an uncomfortable amount of money. Yeah. Thank God it didn't happen to me. And you, you mentioned the advisor and you mentioned the investor, and you're the first guest in this podcast. Congratulations. Your father is your agent. Yeah. That, is that that's true, right? What yeah. went into that decision? You were like, I'm not giving ten percent to some schmo. I'm giving it to the old man over there that's gonna be taking care of my expenses. Is that is that what kind of went into it? Well, yeah, yeah. And so I've seen him. I've seen like, I mean, I grew up in a big baseball family, and so I was. I mean, he worked with other guys. Like it was nothing. I was like, all right, yeah, I like this. So I went into the game really early, and uh, so when it came down to it, I was like. Yeah, I mean, I'd way rather give it to my dad than some dude I have no clue who just wants to take 10% of my signing bonus. <laughs> okay, and I have a pitch for your dad. I mean, this podcast is honestly, like, just to pump my own tires a little bit, kind of getting big. I might have to need an agent here, so I, I, I might have to have Mr. Franklin here on the back burner to be the podcast agent, be working the numbers, <laughs> working the deal, and I'll give him 15%, 15% oh, yeah. commission on every deal. And Mr. Franklin, if you're listening to this podcast right now, let's make it happen. You shoot me a text. I need an agent working with the advertisers. Let's make it happen. Me and you. Th- does that make us coworkers? Cool. If if, our, if your dad's both of our agents. Yeah, yeah, we be, yeah. <laughs> okay. And let's work. talk about. Let's talk about your dad. Was your dad like a big baseball guy growing up? Like, did he play like a uh, professionally or in college or anything like that? Yeah. So he played uh, in college and then he played ten years professionally. He never made the league though. He was ten years minor leaguer. So he's a minor league band. Have you heard any funny stories about his minor league career? Because the minor leagues now are trenches. We've had a pretty amount of funny stories on here based on the minor leagues. I can't even imagine what it was like in his time. Just probably had, they probably had a bike to games in his time. Like, have you heard any funny stories about that or any good players he played with? Uh, he, his, his claim to fame is uh, Frank Thomas. Just like, he's like, Frank Thomas was over 17 against me. But then he, He's told me some crazy stories. Like he's had teammates like fall out in his arms. He's had he's had a line drive off the gonads. <laughs> <laughs> what a legend, man! Yeah, I know. I I feel like uh, it's just it, it fascinates me the minor leagues because obviously I went I kind of went through in the JUCO route like just the shitty meals, long bus rides, stuff like yeah. that. But I couldn't even imagine what it was like back then because back <laughs> back in the day there was no rules pretty much. Like it was no, pretty man. much. 
fiend for yourself. Like what I picture it as is like in semi pro, the bus that they're riding with Will Ferrell <laughs> and all them. It's just the shitty bus that they're on. That's yeah, what I got to pick like picture the minor leagues. And so th- was your dad the one that obviously got you into baseball and kind of made you good? Yeah, absolutely. So it was my dad, and then uh, my uncle played 13 years in the big leagues. And so I kind of just always grew up, like, fantasizing for baseball. And then once I, like, was eight or nine, I told my dad I really wanted to start playing. So I started playing. I kind of just fell in love with it. Like, I, I ne- They never really forced me to play anything. They kind of let me do what I wanted to. But I just, like, I come to love baseball. And so I, like, I loved playing and loved everything about it. And honestly, I was going to ask you about your uncle because I'm, the reason why I didn't, for people listening, is because I thought a couple of weeks ago that I guess dad played in the big leagues, but it was just a coach pitch game that they were both wearing the Cleveland Indians uniform for. So talk <laughs> about your uncle. Like, what influence, like, do you just reach out to him every once in a while and be like, um, any tips on this or any tips on how to handle these kind of situations? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whenever, whenever really I have any type of question, he'll, he'll definitely answer and help me, uh, help me to his full ability for sure. Uh, is, is he a hitter? No, a pitcher. Okay, so I was going to say, what do you do in lifetime against him on the mound? But I guess that, that's just thrown out the window. Yeah, no, he's, he's a pitcher. <laughs> okay, I respect that. So when, when did you realize that you were nasty at the game of baseball? Because I asked this to Brennan. He said 11, which is just the biggest humble brag of all time. Like, I don't know how you can realize that at 11, but shout out to Brennan for realizing that he's a dog at 11 years old. Yeah. <laughs> well, when did you realize you were nasty at baseball? Uh, I would say, so I was really undersized, uh, in high school, um, kind of my freshman, sophomore year, I was so undersized. I was like one of the smallest kids on the, on the field. And then, uh, my junior year, I went from like five, seven to like six foot. And like my junior year, I went from like my junior year summer, I went from like six foot to six, four and added like four or five miles an hour on my fastball and I, so I'll say I'll say my junior summer is when I I saw I was about 17 I think when I when I kind of figured out that I, I I could make this make this all work okay yeah like I said for me it's like I realized I was shit at baseball like <laughs> probably like 16 new year or 17 new year because 16 new my claim to fame is 16 new I love my whole organization and home runs not a big deal whatever <laughs> And then I turned out to be one of the worst mental baseball players of all time. I would just break shit on the bench, and that's what happened. And I want, and this is what I wanted to ask you, coming from a hitting perspective. Okay. When you're a pitcher, do you kind of see that shit go on in the dugout when a hitter is kind of like a mental midget and he can't pretty, and he has like literally the worst mental mindset of all time at the plate? Do you kind of recognize that with guys across the dugout from you? Uh, yeah, you can. You can kind of tell. Uh, either if they get like a weak ground out or if they strike out, kind of how they react in the box is kind of how it's going to go in the dugout. And so, like, I think it's easier to pitch against those guys because they lose their head a lot faster than guys who are super calm all the time. And, uh, but yeah, no, it's, it's not hard to pick up. Yeah, you would have carved my ass up. Like, honestly, <laughs> I don't even want to know what I would have done in the batter's box against you. So, <laughs> So when, when you're in high school, because you being in Oklahoma, it's it honestly kind of is a hotbed for baseball. There's a lot of good baseball players that came out of Oklahoma, and I'm not going to name any because I don't can't name it off the top of my head. But I just know Oklahoma is a dog state for baseball. What were, what were you like in high school in baseball? Like was it very competitive? Like a lot of draft picks out of your class? Uh, so in Oklahoma, I was the only high school kid selected my year. 
Oh, so there goes my credibility for saying Oklahoma is a bunch of dogs in the big. <laughs> well, that was that was like the only year that's happened in a while. Okay, so so what were you doing in high school then? Because clearly, if you're the only one drafted, you must have just been embarrassing kids in the batter's box. Is that right? Uh, kind of. I mean, <laughs> kind of like that. But uh, it it was, it was just uh, you kind of. I felt like I was. It just felt kind of easy to me. I mean, then again, when he when he throw like decently hard in high school the high school kids make it look like it's 98 to 100 and so i was throwing like 90 93 which translated to about 105 in high school and so <laughs> so it wasn't it wasn't too wasn't too crazy so what are you like on the mound because i mean i've watched a couple of videos of you pitching and stuff like that but are you the kind of guy that's like a marcus stroman or are you kind of like a are you just more low-key and mellow on the mound you just do your stuff like roy holiday used to do and then just walk off the mound so it kind of it kind of depends on the situation. Uh, like if it's a big situation, then I'll get like hyped up. But usually I'm pretty much like cool and calm. But okay. it kind of I kind of let the the situation dictate that. Is there is okay? We'll rephrase this question. Has there been a moment where you have been like borderline cocky on the mound, like where it's like if I had a bat in my hands right now, I would probably get beamed. Is has there been a scenario like that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's hear it. I want. I want to hear it. Give me. Give me the. Give me the. Give me. Give me. Give me what happened. I want to hear what uh, Cole Franklin did on the mound. That was a little cocky. I love it. I love. I live for that. By the way. Yeah. So last year uh, we were playing in Boise, and it was like my third time pitching against them. And like this kid, uh, they have a a little second baseman. I think is what, uh, uh, second baseman. What it was. Uh, so he hits. He hits like a like a like a bleeder like down the first base line. Uh, he gets past our first baseman and he gets a triple out of it. And so. Uh, I struck out the first guy, and he's like doing like the Jackie Robinson, you know, the leadoff thing at third base. And I was like, I was like, come on. And so every so every time I'd come set, I'd look at him, and I'd like smile or wink before every single pitch. And I ended up striking <laughs> out the side, and I, I probably yelled every name at the book of the dude, and then looked in the dugout, Zion and all of them. Dude, I live for that, man. I'm so tired of pitchers and hitters being composed. Oh, and yeah. that sounds mental that that's even a thing that I just said that, but I need cockiness on the mound. Oh, I yeah. love it. And that's why I feel like like that's what like the game of baseball can grow is if people are actually showing their personalities on the field, man. Like if, if Cole Franklin's on the bump, he carves some guy and starts screaming, let's go. And like the second inning, I don't even care. I know that's a little bit of a douchebag move at the second yeah. inning, but I feel like that's the most electric thing of all time. Yeah. And uh, and being in the minor leagues, obviously you haven't been there for a while yet because you're still young. Yeah. Who's the best hitter that you have ever faced, or just one guy that like owns your ass in the batter's box? Uh, Christian Robinson, I think he's uh, the Diamondbacks' number one prospect. Okay, I actually heard about him because we had a guy, Matt Taber, on. Um, I, is he Australian? This guy that you're talking about? No, he's from the Bahamas. Oh, okay, the Bahamas. Sorry, yeah, I'm not good with countries there. But yeah, I heard he's a dog. By the way, what what has he done against you in the batter's box? Uh, he, was, I only faced him twice, but he was two for two. And like the two pitches that he hit were good pitches. And I was like, all right, that's a good pitch. Like, you know, you kind of like tip your hat and they were just straight missiles. <laughs> I was like, it, it one was like a change up, like at his legs and he just hit a rifle back at me. And the other one was like a fastball in on his hands. that he turned right down the line. I was like, I, mean, I don't know what else to do. That was a good pitch. <laughs> Oh, I, yeah, like I said, you sometimes got to tip your cap, even though that goes against what I said about being cocky, but screw yeah. it. And growing up, what what was your favorite team in the major leagues? Because I don't, obviously you're from Oklahoma. There's no team there. Uh, what team did you kind of grow up loving? Was it your uncle's team? 
Yeah, uh, it was either it was it was kind of it was close in between the Cardinals and the Rangers because uh, so one of my dad's biggest guys in the agency growing up was Ian Kinsler, and that's when he was on the Rangers. And so I was like a big fan of Ian, but then I again it was family, so I was a big fan of the Cardinals. <laughs> so it was yeah. Kinda, yeah, those two teams are definitely the the biggest two. What kind of guys did you get to meet when you were growing up, like as a kid? Like, did you get to meet Ian Kinsler when you were younger? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got to meet Ian Kinsler. Uh, Ian took me out on the field, let me hang out in the locker room. Uh, so I met Mike Napoli, Nelson Cruz, Elvis Andrews. Uh, who else was on that team? Josh Hamilton. Um uh, Michael Young was on that team then. Adrian Beltre. Uh, I got to meet. Uh, then my uncle took me in the Cardinals locker room with my cousin, and it was like Albert Pujols, Yadier Molina. Uh, who else was on that team? I can't think of who else was on the team. But uh, like. Uh, Adam Wainwright, probably. All those kind of guys. Adam Wainwright. It was pretty much all the people. Like, in, it was like 2000. I think it would, would, when I got to go to the locker room was. So is there a little party that's kind of wishing, like, I want to speed up here, get to the show, so I get to face Ian Kinsler and be like, I was that little kid you took on that clubhouse tour, and now I'm going up against you on the bump. I feel like that'd be electric. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But unfortunately, Ian, Ian retired after last year, so. Oh, okay, there, there goes, I mean, like I said, not the brightest podcast host of all time. I had no idea Ian Kinsler retired, so good riddance, Ian Kinsler. I mean, I had no idea you retired. Um, you hate to see it. The credibility for me is way gone now that I had no fucking idea Ian Kinsler retired. But anyways, Ian Kinsler, man, you're retired now. Love to have you on the show. Let's talk about your retirement. And you can roast me for a little bit that I had no idea that you were retired. It's, so, like, I mean, that's insane. So you, do you still have contact with these kind of guys? Yeah, no, I do, I do. Uh, well, not not with the, like the big name guys, like the super big name, but like, so uh, I'm trying to think of all the guys in our agency, like Archie Bradley, Dylan Bundy, Michael Fulmer, Adrian Hauser, uh, and so like, I like I'll, I'll talk. Those dudes are like my older brothers. Like, I'll go hang out with Archie when I'm in AZ because he has his house out there, and he'll just invite me over, go over there, eat dinner at my place. Like, he's, he's they're literally like my older brothers. That's crazy. So, like I said, like those guys are pretty much my coworkers now because I'm represented by the same firm yeah. as you, the same agency as you. That's bananas. So, like, yeah. so do, I don't know how what it takes to be an agent. So, I just have to ask you a question. So, does this mean your dad has a law degree? Is that, is that what it takes to be an agent? Uh, I don't think so. He he doesn't have a law degree. I think because like I think when when he started, so he first worked for Scott Boris and then he broke off and made his own company. So when I. I think back then you didn't have to have a law degree or anything to start it up because he played he played ten years and so they kind of, I I don't know how it worked I don't really ask him about it <laughs> but no I don't I don't believe he has a law degree I think I honestly think that's what it takes now is you kind of need a law degree so I'm screwed I I would honestly be the sickest agent of all time I actually thought about that the other day I, like I always, the way I pump my like the guest tires on the show and just pretty much like stroke them off about how good they are like I feel like if there was arbitration it'd be game over like I I have no idea how arbitration works so maybe you can kind yeah. of go into that what what how does arbitration work because I heard it's pretty much the team that you play for just gets to sit at a table with you and your agent and they get to roast you and just yeah. say why you don't deserve a certain amount of money is that true I mean, that's that's Absolutely what it is. 
<laughs> I need your dad on the podcast to hear arbitration stories about guys that have just teed off on their players in the room. What were you going to say? He'd be, he'd be down to do that, I think. But uh, the, the thing, like, they have, like, so they have, like, the main number. They have, like, the player's number and the, what the team wants to play him or pay him. And so, like, the team's doing everything in their, like, power to say he's worth this number, not this number. And so they literally will pull out injuries, uh, off-the-field stuff, literally everything they possibly can to make you get paid less. That is, like, I have no idea how a major league player can go back to playing for that team <laughs> after just getting torched in the locker room. And I believe that actually, and not the locker room, in the arbitration meeting, I actually believe that, didn't Chris Bryant just go through arbitration? A grievance. Okay, yeah, he filed the grievance again. It was something like that, yeah. And yeah. Me, yeah, okay, so anyways, he probably got roasted too a little bit there. But what yeah. can you possibly roast Chris Bryant for? Because he is a dog on the baseball field, and he's a good guy off the field. Have you yeah. met Chris Bryant and those kind of guys? Being uh, You haven't been there for a while, obviously, but have you kind of crossed paths with all these kind of guys? Yeah, so uh, Chris Bryant and Cole Hamels last year uh, like talked to all the pitchers and kind of told us what kind of mindset we need to have on the mound. <clears throat> and it was one of the coolest things ever. And uh, yeah, Chris Bryant's a pretty good looking dude. He is, like I said, man, he is what we call a man missile on the podcast. Open your tires. You are definitely a man missile. You might be the bachelor of the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> I don't know if Brennan has a girlfriend or whatever, but yeah. maybe you guys are just rolling through the minor leagues and the female attendance kind of skyrockets a little bit. I don't know. I want to I want to find those numbers. Hey, yeah, that, that'd be nice. And I said this to Tyler Glass now when we had him on. I feel like Tyler Glass now when he pitches, and he might say it doesn't happen. I feel like the female attendance definitely rises a little bit when that guy's on the bump. I have no idea if that's true, but it has to. It has to for sure. I can see that. I can see that. Absolutely. So, and being and being in the minors uh, with the Cubs system, obviously, I've heard pretty bad things about other systems and all that kind of stuff. What makes, in your opinion, because you probably have friends that play in the minors, what makes the Cubs minor league system like different? I would say how in touch, like, literally every single person in the organization, like, like down like strength coaches, trainers, coaches, coordinators. I mean, they'll contact us, like, one or two times a week, just asking how everything's going. So I think how, how personalized everything is for you, and I would say the contact with the organization. Okay. No, so yeah, the Cubs, like I said, it's like a very pristine organization and stuff like that. How, like, were they interested in you from day one before you got drafted? Like, was that the team? Because Brennan said he did a workout there at Wrigley Field, uh, the pre-draft workout. Did you also do that, or was it just, like, a a lot of teams interested? Yeah, I I was, so yeah. The Cubs were really, like, the first ones on me, and then I kind of started getting more teams, more teams. But, uh, yeah, I also did the the workout. That's where I saw Brennan for the first time, and, uh, it was me, Brennan, and Cole Roder. We were all there. And so, okay. yeah, that's why, I, that's why I first, like, met all of them. Yeah, and, I like, I was pumping. I was pumping Brennan's tires last episode because I looking at his stats, I mean, he got minor league player of the year last year. What kind – What what is so good – like, what in your opinion, if you're a pitcher, what makes Brennan so good in the batter's box or even just as a player in general to have on your team? So, the – the way he stands on the plate, because I faced him multiple times in uh, in live VPs, and so the way he sets up is like he's almost a little off the plate, but he it, it looks like he's forcing you to throw the ball outside. Like, it looks like you can beat him outside, 
but he kind of crashes a little bit to where he reaches the outside pitch. And so he covers the plate really well. And the only way, like, the thing that I got him out with was straight, like, change-ups down and in. Change-ups down and in. You, you, you should have asked him about those. <laughs> <laughs> what is he lifetime against you? Anyway, you said you faced him a lot, so he has to uh, at least have a hit off you. And he's, like, one for five or something. It, well, the thing is, the, the hit he calls a hit, it was stopped by our shortstop, but it could have been an error. It could have went either way. So we'll, we'll, we'll put an asterisk beside the hit. It, yes, it's one yes. for five with an asterisk. So we could technically call you the Brennan Davis kryptonite. You're pretty yeah. much, if, if, if it's bottom of the ninth, Brennan Davis up to bat. The team should make a, in the middle of a game, pitching change and put you in just to carve his ass up if he's yeah. 0 for 5 against you. Absolutely. And let, talk about a funny story about uh, about Brennan. Like, cause he kind of put you on the spot here. He he reverted the question of a stupid purchase to you. So, what's a funny story? You guys were roommates. What's a funny story you have about him? Funny story. Oh man. Oh. Huh. So, like in general or like baseball wise? Just whatever, man. Both. We'll do both here. Let's let's, let's have some content here. Okay, baseball wise. Uh, when I faced Brennan, <laughs> I think. Through almost, I think, two or three at-bats in a row where I was facing him and I struck him out with a change-up down and the boy ended up on, like, almost both of his knees in the batter's box. <laughs> uh, yeah, but that was – I think that's honestly the best one. I can't really think of anything, like, super like super funny off the, off the field, really. Is he a clean guy off the field? Like, does he keep the room clean or is it just, like, a mess with that kid? Uh, I mean – I would say he's decently clean. Okay. Like, so uh, when you, the, I heard he's not a big Fortnite guy. He actually told me he's not a big Fortnite guy. He doesn't play that much. When you're on the road and you guys are living together, he told I, this is what he told me. I, he literally said, I'm not that good at the game. That's what he said. Oh, I don't he's know. Hor- he's, hor- he's horrible at the game, but he still plays. Okay. Because I, I, like I said, I haven't seen him online. I don't know. He doesn't run it as much. But um, when you guys are on the road, is it just strictly Fortnite grind? You guys are just on your off days? Uh. On the road, I don't. We don't really. We try to kind of wherever we're at, we'll try to kind of go out and see stuff. Usually during our our days off, so we don't really play too many video games on our day off. But like okay. during the season, like when we're there, yeah, that's all it is. Get back home from the field, play like till like one or two, <laughs> go to bed. <laughs> and you and you mentioned visiting minor league cities. What's the best minor league city you visited, and what's like the weirdest one or the worst one that you visited? And please, God, there's a place in Iowa, Beloit, or Beloit, Wisconsin, I believe it's called, that everyone on this podcast has said is the worst minor league city of all time. Is that also yours? I haven't. No, I've never. I haven't got the visit there yet. So, uh, I would say the best. I, I I went to Vancouver last year. With okay, uh, there you go. Yeah, Canada represent. All right. Yeah, Vancouver yeah, is something serious. And I, I I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was so cool. All the people were so nice. Besides at the field, besides at the field, away from the field, the people were great. At the field, you just were getting straight ragged on the whole time. So they, I mean, they were getting after us. But I'd say the worst place I played hmm, last year, I would have to say, oh, Salem, Kaiser, Oregon. I don't even know what that is. That like just the name. I, I feel like just there's some towns that just with the name of the town, it's just like this is just horrific. Yeah, it was. It was not fun at all. And, like, and was the hotel nice at least, or was it just the whole place was horrible? No, so it was like a, it was like we so we would 
uh, commute, so we play and then go back. But the whole, just the town was just brutal. It was just not not a fun place to be. Was that your first time in Canada when you went to Vancouver? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'm telling you, man, can, like Vancouver is one of the sneakiest, nicest places on the planet, in my opinion. I mean, I and the legal drinking age is 19 to top it off. So if you're playing for the Vancouver Canadians, you get to have yeah. a couple pints after the game. So <laughs> it's just, it, I mean, it's an all around place to play for sure. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really cool. I, I, I liked how like the stadium was so nice, and they would almost sell out like every game. Like there would be like six, seven thousand people there. Yeah, if you put a good product on the field in Canada, man, and obviously the Jays, not to pump their tires, they have a very good minor league system. So there's all, have all, always studs going through Vancouver. So I feel like that's maybe why they get so many fans there for sure. Um, what other like cities di- did you visit that you kind of enjoyed like in the U.S.? Because I, I honestly, we usually talk about the shitty towns. Let, let's bring to light like the kind of the cool ones that you visited. Okay. Um, so honestly... Uh, a sneaky one that you uh, that you would never really think was Boise, Idaho. Boise is really cool. I liked it a lot. It was it was really nice. Um, Tri City, Washington. It was kind of in between. Yeah, too- I mean, yeah. There's, I mean, there's like I said with minor league baseball, there's not many Mona Lisa kind of towns yeah. you're visiting. Not all these beautiful. They're not going to Rome. Yeah, in in the minor leagues, you're definitely going through those shitty kind of stuff. And yeah. being a guy that went through th- from high school, you kind of, I mean, like I said, you when you're growing up and you're you're carving in high school and stuff like that, you're kind of put on a pedestal. How hard was it for you to kind of make that transition to pretty much go not to the bottom of the totem pole, but kind of start over and go into the minor leagues? Does that make sense? Does that question yeah. make sense, or yeah. am I just an idiot? No, absolutely. Um, it wasn't it wasn't too hard of a transition because. Like, kind of growing up, I was kind of always overlooked because I was so small. And so I was kind of used to having to work for everything I was achieving. And so I pretty much just restarted everything. Just had, I have to just work my way up. And so <clears throat> it never really, like, surprised me or, like, anything like that. I, I kind of was expecting it going into it. Yeah, and last year last year you had, like, I believe it was, like, a 2-5-1 ERA if my stats are right. It was a 2-5-1 or 2-6-1, right? Uh, I think it was a 2-3-1. Oh, okay. Wow. All right. Even better than that. So, th- what what was it like for you? Because last year you obviously were just carving to have a two three one ERA. That was higher. Believe it or not, your ERA was higher than my batting average in junior college. So that I mean, that's a plus for both <laughs> of us. So, what was that like? I mean, what what was that like for your for pretty much your your? I guess it was your second year in the minors, and you're just yeah. carving people's asses up in the in, in the league. What was that like for you? Oh, uh, it's it's. Uh... So it kind of, it helps a ton kind of having like, after those like first two outings, you kind of start to grow in confidence. And like, as you grow confidence, your stuff becomes 10 times better. And so I would say like the confidence boost helped me with all my pitches pretty much and would help me get guys out. And uh, so I'd say it's just like, uh, I would say the biggest thing is like the confidence booster that you get from being uh, from doing doing well would help you succeed and keep going on to make your other starts. Yeah. Has, has there been any, has there been any, like, let's say you're warming up. Has there been any fans that have just been absolutely teeing off ruthless on you during your career? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in in Boise, Idaho, when you're, when you're in the bullpen, there's like a overhang, like just like drinking section. 
like right here like literally they're like they're above you they can like talk like talk to you while you're throwing and they will just be letting you hear it like and it doesn't help to have alcohol in their system either. Yeah, like, they're, they're probably think they're invincible. Yeah. Well, what were they saying to you? You and you can blur out what they're like. The obviously they're probably swearing, but what oh, were yeah. they specifically saying at you that was hilarious? Uh, so I, I'm I'm not like the thickest dude. Like I'm pretty skinny, <laughs> so I was getting a lot of uh, oh wow, my arms are bigger than your legs, like stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's not a good thing. I mean, these guys' arms, they probably, like I said, in Idaho, I don't know what there's – or or not Bo- – yeah, Boise, Idaho, you said, right? Yeah. Yeah, there's not really much to do there. So these guys are probably just chomping on McDonald's. I, I can't imagine they're being – they them being fit. So oh. them coming at you is just bananas. Yeah, no. I, I, like, like, there's some things where I just kind of step off and laugh for a second and then get back on. <laughs> but, like, yeah. the best thing is, like, so, like, after I'd be done throwing, after I'd be done starting, and thankfully, like, Every time against boys, I pitched pretty good this year. And so I, I'd, like, come down to the bullpen and kind of just hang out with some of my teammates down there. And, like, they'd still be ragging me. <laughs> and so I'd, I'd hit them with, like, yeah, yeah that's right. You, you, you pay to come watch us play. <laughs> that's a great response. At the end of the day, you say that to someone, right. it's just game over. I think that's the best minor league response. That's what, that's what we all, all like, uh, like, that's what everyone says. <laughs> all the minor leaguers say when someone's talking trash. Um, well, let's talk about your DMs for a second here, because you, being a, a pretty high prospect for a pretty high team, um, I kind of suspect that you probably have like 50-year-olds DMing you, hey, can you sign a jockstrap, send it to my house, uh, can you sign these baseball cards? What's some of the requests that you get? Like, are your DMs popping off here, or what's the deal? Uh, yeah, a pretty good amount. So you get a lot of, a lot of either like super young kids asking for a follow back or uh, like one of your gloves. And then you get like the the older crowd who like ask for like, um, just like anything a game used. Uh, ask if they send you a baseball, or you sign it. It's it's a lot of it's just a lot of like people asking for like a lot of it's follow backs. That's all they care about. Right now. <laughs> can I get a follow back? Hey, can you shout me out or something like that? But then you get a good amount like asking if they send you a ball, would you send it back? Like pretty much that's the main thing. Yeah, and speaking about ball, like I have an ongoing feud uh, with foul ball guy. I don't know if you know who foul, like uh, Zach Hampton, Hampton, I believe his name is. You know foul ball guy? No. He's not. We, he, anyways, he's this loser that collects foul balls at games and pretty much tramples kids. He's the guy that ha- that like he has like over like I'm pretty sure a hundred thousand baseballs. I don't know if you know who I'm talking about. He yeah, collects no. baseballs. So anyways, it's a one-sided feud, actually. It's just pretty much me chirping him virtually and <laughs> chirping him on podcasts, and he has no response to it. So technically, I'm beating him. I mean, I, yeah. there's no other option besides that. So just when you go to the show, I just want you to prepare for when this clown is hoarding for baseballs, and you just give give just promise me this: you give him a fake throw, and then you just you just put the ball right back in your back pocket. That's what okay. I'm. That's what I need from you. I'll do that for you. I got you. Because yeah. like I said, I, I I'm burner accounts for every guest, every <laughs> one of my guests, any guest on this podcast that gets chirped from a guy. You're getting, I'm coming at you. So people listening to this that want to just think of little tweaks about Cole Franklin, you're getting the wrath and I'm putting you in a Twitter body bag. So just, just just know that. Just know that Cole. You're my virtual security guard. I mean, that's a big thing here. And, and let's talk about, let's talk about your debut. Okay. When you make it to the show, when, whenever that day comes and we're not going to jinx anything, obviously you carve on the mound. So it's definitely a possibility for you. Who's the first person you're going to call? Let, let's go into that here. 
besides me, because obviously I'm going to be getting the text that yeah. Johnny Drive to Chicago right now. I'm making the I'm making the debut on the show. Don't tell anyone. Don't break the news. But who else are you going to call? Yeah. So after I text you, um, I'll probably probably call my parents. Mainly, I'll probably call my dad first. I'll call his phone and uh, let him know because you know, growing up, that's one thing me and my dad would always work for. Like, well, we worked for we kind of said like stepping stones. So one of them's commit to D1. Another one get drafted, and the last one making your debut and staying in the big leagues. And so I would, I would definitely, he'd be the first one I'd call. And yeah, and this is also what we're also asking for here. It's just like I said, we we're we're gonna be guys with you from the roots. We're yeah. a roots podcast. This is the this, when you make it big. This is you don't like. We get the information on you. We're going to be roasting guys on Twitter. Hopefully, we'll have a bigger following so people can help me out here because I can't <laughs> just fight the fight for millions of people here. But we'll just get that going. We're going to be the source for you. When you get that call to the big leagues, it's going to be ESPN reports per officially unofficial podcast. Yeah. That's where we're going to get the, the tweet from that and all that kind of stuff from. And, and I wanted to mention the Chicago Cubs because, like I said, they're a highly touted organization, pretty good minor league system. Brennan Davis, minor league player that you ever heard of them, whatever. Um, <laughs> Who's a couple other guys in that system that are kind of low-key falling under the radar because they're not high draft picks that you think are dogs on the mound that are just absolutely disgusting? I got, I got 100% Cam uh, Sanders. Cam Sanders. Describe him. What is he like? Is he just mash and just no one cares, or what's the deal? Uh, so he's, he's a pitcher, and like he, he had like a three ERA last year, but he was a, he was a, he was a 12th-round draft pick, I think, in, in my year. And like he doesn't really get the recognition he deserves, I think. There's there's the shout out and talk. He shoves. Does he shove? Yeah. Are you just carving yeah. people on the mound? Uh, yeah. I want to talk about you and Brennan because I feel like you guys are you guys are definitely close in the rankings. He's number three. You're number seven. Yeah. Is there a lot of chirps going back and forth? Like, it, it, let's just say he beats you. Like you beat him in Fortnite, you get more kills than him or whatever. Is he said, dude, I'm the third rate prospect. You're number seven. What's the deal here? You can't be coming at me like that. No, Is there a little friendly but- chirps going on there? No, no. So we have like, so our house is me, Brennan Davis, Cole Roeder, who's number five prospect, uh, Ryan Jensen, who's right behind me, number eight prospect. And so we don't really, we kind of keep baseball out of our, out of our, out of our chirps. It's mainly just like just talking trash about each other. Yeah, yeah, you're all on the same team, so technically you can't be doing that. But I feel like if I was in your position and I just struck out a scrub for like, let's just say, who's the guy, the Giants. And I look at him and say, buddy, I'm number seven ranked in the system. You're not even on the top 30 prospect list. Go back to the dugout, you bum. I feel like that's just you could trump guys like that just off of that shirt. Yeah, you could, but I, 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 there's no shot I could ever do that. It's all right. I'll do it for you. But I, this is my last question here, and this is a question that I kind of want – I usually bring up with my, uh, with my big league guys and my prospects. Um, what, are, what were, like, the goals that you kind of had setting into this year? So my main goals were – Try to uh, get to Double A this year, make the futures game, and be a top 100 prospect. Those are those are electric goals because the futures game, all, yeah. it's good for on the field stuff, but off the field stuff. If you do good in the futures game, we had Nate Pearson on, and he said that his Instagram was just blowing up, exploding oh. with followers and comments. It's good clout for you off the field if you get into that yeah. futures game, man. You get that juice, yeah. It is. And if you get in the game and just absolutely carve, it's like game over for you. I mean, you're getting DMs from girls all across the country. It's game <laughs> over. Absolutely. I need that. I need that. <laughs> I he needs that. 
We need to get you a Canadian passport, though, because I feel like the Canadian passport, you can play for Team Canada, you can you have a dual citizenship, yeah. you're chilling. So one of, one of my best friends who uh, plays at OU right now, his name is Ben Abram, and uh, he played on Team Canada, Team Canada. I know Ben Abram. I'm actually 0 for 4 lifetime against Ben Abram. I, it just He doesn't probably know who I am. He has no idea who I am. He just knows me as the guy he put in his back pocket on the baseball field. That, that's, <laughs> who, that's how I know who Ben Abram is. Yeah, Ben Abram, great guy. Yeah, oh, he's an OU guy. Boomer Sooner, yeah. Boomer Sooner. And, I, and this is my last question before I end off the podcast. Do you hate the University of Texas being an OU guy? Do you hate Texas? Do you do, you do horns down? Yeah, all the time. Oh, man. That's, I mean, we have a lot of Texas guys in this podcast. So this is, I, I'm, I'm on the fence here. I don't know what to say here. But anyways, folks, I mean, there you have it, man. I mean, this was an electric podcast by an electric guy, electric guest. You just love to see it. He is the number seven ranked prospect for the Chicago Cubs. Man Missile, we're crawling here. He's the bachelor of Chicago Cubs minor league system, ladies. So probably get on to that. It is my friend. We're going to be running Fortnite later. I don't stream yeah. Twitch, so we'll just have to keep it in our back pocket between him and I. It's Cole Franklin, man. I appreciate you doing this. Hey, no problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod. And on Instagram at officially unofficial pod. Thank you. <laughs>